by recording. Living in a scientific age, we need citizens who know enough about science to make intelligent decisions about what they do. We use science to, to prolong life, to increase security and happiness. But it can also Alexa, turn on the moon. Computer, turn on the moon. Uh, computer, uh, turn on the moon. Constructively. Uh, it'll be up to you. And you too. Computer, turn off the light. There we go. It's <laughs> pretty nice, isn't it? It is. Uh, yeah, we have all the, the basement lights ganged together into the basement light group. And okay. So turn those off together and, and prepare for movies and okay. stuff. Okay. You know. No, I'm providing a transition, which I'll get to uh, uh, after you said there's a there's a there's something you want to start yeah, with. Instead of a instead of a joke, I've I've got kind of a brain teaser, and um, of course it's very visual, which is great for a podcast. Perfect. So, uh, sorry, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> jokes on you jokes on five you. people who still listen <laughs> so um there are five uh shapes shapes you have drawn e- on a piece of that paper, i've drawn right? on a piece of paper with two triangles two circles and a, and a square and uh there's uh three different colors that the shapes uh are, are arranged in as well so on uh we have two friends and one friend knows uh we have two friends and we were told that there's a prize under one of these items okay okay? and one of us knows the color and one of us knows the shape the shape okay okay and the the uh, curator of this event says uh we don't have time to confer before this of course and so (laughs) I, I don't know what you know, and you don't know what I uh-huh. know. Um, asks us both, do you know where it is, where the prize is? And Are we, we competing against each other? Nope. Okay. We both say no. no. And then they ask again, do you now know where the prize is? And we both say no. No. And the third time, they say, do you now know where the prize is? And we both say, yes. And so... Shocking twist. <laughs> shocking I was just twist. thinking about ordering more hors d'oeuvres at whatever <laughs> whatever fancy Eyes Wide Shut party is, is giving us this illusion <laughs> game. So, uh, the, so there, we're asked three times. First time, we both say no. no. Second time, we both say no. no. Third time, we both say yes. Yes. Uh, based on on that information, uh, where would the prize be? I <laughs> so so let's break it down a little okay. bit. So so on this piece of paper, let's let's start from the beginning. There, you have drawn a blue square, a green triangle, a red circle, a blue triangle, and a green circle. Yep. So it's interesting to note that there are two shapes. Uh, two sets of shapes that are the same, yeah. and then there's an odd shape out. Yeah, two triangles, two circles, and one square. And then there's two colors that are the same. Yeah. And then again, and then there's a color that's an odd okay. one out. Two greens, okay. two blues, so, and a red. So, if you knew that the color was red, on the very first question, you would know definitively that it was there, because it's the only red. Okay. okay. Oh, that's right. I forgot I had information. You have information. You know, okay. you know the color. I know the shape. Okay. So, okay. 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 So if you knew it was red, it would be there and we'd be done. Okay. Okay. But you don't know that. Okay. Right? Because you said no. Right. Okay. So it's not there. And if I knew it was a square, then I would definitively know it was this blue square because okay. there's only there's one only square. Only one square. Okay. So now we've eliminated two. Okay. Now we ask again, do you now know where it is? Okay. So if it's a circle, you would know where that is. Okay. It would be right here. Right. But you don't. 
if it was blue, I would know definitively that it was this blue triangle. And I don't. Okay. So on the third guess, we know definitively. Because the only one left is the, the only green one triangle. Green triangle. Huh. Isn't that fun? That is pretty fun. <laughs> okay, well... We'll uh, we'll explore more we'll visual explore. puzzles in in upcoming episodes because I wanted to I wanted to re kind of restate us and not like repeat okay. us but re restate the podcast and now I am springing this on you much like sure. the listening audience but there's another podcast I uh, occasionally listen to and it's called With Gorley and Rust and it's two um, kind of improv comp and they're not comedians type but they're like in that upright citizens brigade kind of group the paul Shear and paul tompkins Are like that kind of me? group i'm leaving you for that much more successful podcast <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and i think uh and they've had a bunch of different podcasts in the past uh separately and i think uh one of the hosts also works for conan o'brien's podcast but anyway they they they're doing a they, they they do a movie podcast and um right now they're they've been doing like a horror and they, they kind of did have different themes but they call it a cozy cast hmm. and even though it's like about horror movies it's just yeah. a, a cozy long meandering conversation with many and i was like you know I, what that's kind of what i, like I am in the mood for just a cozy I'm sitting on my hands to warm them up because I'm freezing cold, but kind of getting under that blanket and just uh, just having a, having a cozy cast, no matter what we talk about. So I like it. That is our new direction for <laughs> for the Mark and Todd cast. I did want to explore a little bit more about Lemon Face. Okay, which is uh, what our faces do they puck, when they pucker up and why why it happens. And we had theorized that it was our body saying rejecting the acid, yeah. so to speak. And I've been dwelling on that because I have nothing better to do with my life. <laughs> Eating lemons. <laughs> Eating lemons. Um, and I, I don't think that's quite right because like if we drink a poison or bleach or something like that, yeah. we don't make that pucker face. True. True. And we I think more of what's happening is that the acid is so concentrated that it's it's activating our not our our muscles on the way that like if you if you uh have a freshly killed fish or whatever and you put lemon juice on those they will move just because the muscles are being activated and i think that must be the case with that lemon sour thing is that it's just the acid that's kind of activating those those muscles so that's my that's my new theory um, but I, we haven't uh, podcasted for a while. Uh, Brian and I did the Retro Gaming Expo yep. uh, downtown at the convention center, which was so fun. A couple uh, last month or whatever, we had done the Vancouver CoovCon at the Vancouver Mall, and that was fun. But man, it was so nice to be back in like a big convention space like that and doing all of that. And one thing both of us noticed independently were how many people were just walking around like with a camera or their phone recording, you know, at chest level, they're not trying to be secretive or whatever, but just walking around and either streaming or I don't know, collecting B roll. Like I kind of sometimes right. do or, and several times I had people just like show up at the booth and be like, hi, I'm doing this and streaming that I'm putting this video together. Do you want to be interviewed? You know, can we interview you? And like, way more we never had that before and now it was a significant portion i mean like five ten percent of people everybody wants to be an influencer yeah and so that's that's the mechanism to become an influencer yeah it was really really wild that yeah. and we noticed too there was another i'm always fascinated with with um it's like i would say five six hundred dollars for a table at one of those big expos and every time we've gone, there has been a booth for a podcast, not like an established one where people are like coming to say hi or whatever, but like our podcast, like right. a podcast that has like <laughs> nine listeners or whatever. And we're always, me and Brian are always so fascinated because it's like, what, like, is there, what is their end goal? Is it the, I, we're going to be the next big thing and this is how to promote it. And like, totally. it's just at so, this point, thinking that you are going to have a podcast that 
he is a successful or yeah or b able to be monetized is so interesting to me yeah i totally agree and like follow and share this (laughs) podcast if you like what you're hearing because you can't do that with portland movies because facebook has removed our page Uh, but after the, so the day, the retro gaming expo was, um, Saturday and Sunday and I was there with, uh, Brian, the Unipiper. And then that Monday he had mentioned that he had a thing and he was going to something about politics or whatever. And then he mentioned it was candidates gone wild, which he had never heard of before. But I remember hearing like through the mid two thousands and all that when it was like a really big deal and kind of a, and so I was like, Oh, you know, I've never been to something like that. <laughs> Hint. He's <laughs> like, oh, I have an extra ticket. Nobody else wanted to go. I was like, I'll take yeah. it. <laughs> um, and I wasn't sure what to it is at Revolution Hall, which is right. a, a kind of a, a school, an old school. I think it was right. that was kind of renovated back into a, a little theater space. Um, the first thing we noticed is that at the retro gaming convention, I would say third to a half of the people were wearing masks. Um, even the vendors, um, a lot, most of them had masks still, but it was, it wasn't the overwhelming majority or the underwhelming majority. It was just kind of a mix at Canada's gone <clears throat> wild, which was put on is put on by Willamette week and, um, had a slew of, of people running for office. Tina Kotek was there and, um, I don't know, other Portland, luminaries that I don't pay right. attention to because I don't live in Multnomah County. Um, Joanne Hardestry, I think is the name <laughs> of one of yep. the ladies or Hardestry, whatever. Yeah. Um, Sam uh, Adams wasn't huh? there, but he, oh. Sam Adams wasn't there, but did like a little video, you know, phone and thing as did Patton Oswalt, which <laughs> he was on the list. Brian showed the poster of it. And um, it was like a bunch of people's names listed and like storm large was the MC. So her name was in bold and like, Sam Adams' name was in bold or whatever, and the Unipiper's name was bold. I saw I was like, that. Nice. And yeah, and Patton Oswalt. And so I was like, if is is Patton Oswalt gonna, gonna be there? Or what like what's happening? Because like neither of us really knew what was gonna go on. And so that's another reason I wanted to go too. Um Patton Oswalt wasn't there in person, but did a little I think it was like a, they were doing a Portland mean tweets, and I think he read some of the mean oh. tweets, but so I wasn't sure. I do just always knew it was kind of a not an underground thing, but it was a Willamette Week thing, kind of known for being maybe a little body or a little whatever. And Storm is the MC, so you know what you're going to get with Storm. And if you don't, you will find out quickly. Yep. Um, body is the perfect word for for her. Um, but it was mostly, and I, the biggest thing I was worried about was that it was just going to be a bunch of insufferable libs slam dunking on republicans all night like i cannot imagine a more tedious evening than that and so i was like what is this going to be and i did know that there was one conservative candidate going to be there i don't know who it was or whatever or which one um and so i was like well you know are they going to be grilling them and it's just like a daily show type interviewing thing or thing but it was shockingly politics free they had um you know a, a 10 or so of the politicians and they just played games like um, like, like on a couple prices, right? Games mm, is what oh, they fun. did. And then Brian's was a family feud thing. <clears throat> and okay. so, yeah, they had asked Brian here uh, to do something or other. I don't know if he was a late uh, last villain or whatever. But what I realized is he was the only non politician on the stage other than Storm, who was the host MC, or whatever. Right? And huh. so they did a first round of games that was a Price is Rights game, and Brian wasn't involved with that. He was in the audience with me and wacky shenanigans or whatever. And then they reset to do the family feud, and so they had half the politicians on one, half the politicians on the other side as like little groups. And then they always had the leader of family feud or whatever, like the, the person you start with and kind of the head right. of the tribe or whatever. On one side, that was Brian. Okay. The only non-politician up here, second in command to Brian, Tina Kotek. <laughs> the Speaker popular. of the House for future governor, hopefully. Oh, she's Speaker of the House? She right. was, yeah, okay. speaker, speaker of the organization. Yeah, but yes, a, a very favor- favorably looked upon in this yeah. Portland community to be governor or whatever, very well known. And yeah, the only person up there that wasn't running for office, and I couldn't make heads or tails out of... Well, he is Portland's... 
uh, you know, yeah, number one and, celebrity. And, and it would have made sense if know, like Terry Porter was a, you sure, know, or sure. someone, you know. someone else that wasn't directly running for office. And Brian's like, hey, like with his clown horn, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> and <laughs> maybe he should run for office. Yeah, yeah <laughs> maybe they're trying to set him up. Really wants some some haters. You know, that's the way. That's how. But it was funny. He was put in the, the uncomfortable most. position. Like one of the um the Family Feud questions was like. Um, things Portland is known for Ooh. or whatever. And so <laughs> Tina Kotek was like crime or whatever. I was like, Oh, all right. Um, and so they had gone through all of them and like, none of them were, you know, they weren't getting any. And so then it goes back to be Brian's turn and like people in the audience, he kept, he was getting the biggest applause of like anyone, which I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was measuring in my head. I'm like, you're doing good. Um, and so it gets back to him. <laughs> well, and some of the people in the audience were like, you know, or whatever. And then you can tell that like Tina and like whoever else was up there were like, oh, the Unipiper. And like, so ha- making, <laughs> making him say, and like, it didn't quite fit as easy right. as like, I'm making it sound, but like it reasonably could have been or whatever. And they did go with something else. And the Unipiper was not up oh, there. Goodness. So I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> But poor Brian, he's like, I could see him weighing in his head. He's like, I'm not saying my own name for this thing in front of all these. And then, yeah, even if it was there, it's like kind of a a gross move for some reason. But that's awesome. So, yeah, it was really neat. And um, like I said, there's one um, one uh, conservative candidate there and. I, I was able to discern who that was based on the audience reaction. It wasn't, it wasn't too bad or whatever. And I thought, wow, it takes balls for yeah. someone to show up in that environment, knowing that they're probably going to be the only one. Yeah. It was funny. They set it up storms. Like, you know, we encourage you to laugh and all thing, but you know, don't be mean and don't, if it gets too heated, we're going to bring out our two. And I forget what they called them. Um, um, basically to calm people down or to, if, if somebody had to be restrained, but they were like the hug warriors or whatever. And just two giant drag queens <laughs> the, that was like super buff and like just tall. And they were wearing like giant platform heel, like all in sequins. And like, they were going to like, if you, if someone got out of control, they would go into the audience and hug that person until they calmed down. And so that was really funny. Fun. That sounds like a blast. Yeah. But speaking, speaking of politics and yeah. I'll let you talk a little bit. Um, I'm getting too cozy in my cozy cast, but a couple weeks ago you pointed out to me something that I now mm. see all over the place. So yeah. Talk about that a little the, bit. The lo-fi uh, yeah. political ad. So <clears throat> people sniff out overproduction in an instant. And uh, and there's just a uh, stigma that goes along with that of like, I don't believe the big industry thing, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And so the more personal, the more human it can be the the better it has traction and so i've been following this young guy you can make a million dollars and he's like you do not want to edit a video you want to do one take and so do as many takes as you need to get that one take but you're not editing this together you're barely reading from a script and if you mess it up that's gold yeah right there and so do it in with the iPhone in your hand, poking you know in your bedroom or your bathroom or whatever, and say your shtick, and people will respond to that, and that is what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and honestly, I watched that guy's content because he had an ad that was exactly that, <laughs> right? And he's and uh, he's. It comes across as genuine. You know that this is a human. This isn't a big machine that's overproducing all that stuff. And and I also have seen, uh, especially like YouTube, not YouTube, um, like Hulu commercials oh. and stuff that mimic TikTok style. So interesting. So like a food. Um, a, a food commercial will look like the TikTok. I 
you know, cut takes of like the tasty, yeah, right, yeah, tasty, and like I'm assembling this meal and five minute crafts, yeah, and so there, it's a 30 second ad that looks like a TikTok video, and it looks exactly like a TikTok. It's filmed in vertical. Wow, it does all the things, and so we're programmed to. You know, listen for that, that hook. As, yeah, yeah, we see that hook in the first three seconds. We know the thing. And and we're like, I get that. And that's understandable for me. And so I do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I, I may I may be, have to get it be, be forced to get into TikTok here soon, um, which sort of scares me. <laughs> but um, <gasps> it's TikTok calling. <laughs> Hello. What robot am I speaking to? Oh. Oh, you turn on the speaker, maybe. Count from Dayton, Ohio. For dispute on this charge, <laughs> I want to connect with our Amazon customer care representative. Thank you. Joke's on you. I use Mark's account. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that all that lo-fi thing. And so you mentioned that to me. And so now it's now I'm noticing the red car everywhere, basically. Right. And all of these political ads, like mm-hmm. Tina Kotek has some very well-produced, you know, I'm Tina Kotek and I have a fantastic hairstyle or whatever right. she says. But then there's another one where it's like this lady just like sitting at her coffee table or whatever and clearly reading off a script next to her but it's just like shot on her you know samsung galaxy 6 or whatever and she's like dina kotek has led the world in fashion eyewear right whatever um so yeah it's it's fascinating to to watch that evolve together too and you know it it all comes down to math is they all these platforms are measuring engagement and you show a hundred different videos and people will scroll at different rates past them. And do you know what I try to do? Sifts to the I top try, of the winners. Like I kind of, I kind of situate myself and then try to just evenly, evenly scroll as much as I can and then take in the information without like letting it know where my eyes are <laughs> resting because I'm trying to, because I know if like, if I pause, for dang nabbit there, that's why there's 900 Madonna <laughs> things suggested to me because every time I see a picture, I'm like, Ooh, wait, no, no, scrolling. I, it's funny because the, the, especially the TikTok algorithm responds so quickly to yeah. your activity. And so, if I pause on a puppy video, uh, you know, especially lately, <laughs> yeah. um, I am now getting tons of little cute little puppies and they're so cute. Yeah. And so things like it does. It does scare me. Although I don't I'll, I haven't used TikTok, obviously, but I think I think it's not something that. I think generally will appeal to me even when I start it, even though I'll enjoy it if I use it. I think because everything is always a video, there's like no landing thing that is just not moving or static or a picture or something for me to rest. I I think it's just would is going to make me too anxious. <laughs> so, so there's a thing that TikTok does after, <laughs> allows you to rest after about an hour and a half of oh, of continuous scrolling. <laughs> There's one of two. Sends you a life alert message. It kind of does. <laughs> and so Nick was shocked when it came up the other day because I was you know, laying next to him. And he's like, what is what is that? And it so it comes up and it's either this really calm lady or this like super energetic guy. Right. And and he goes, hey, hold on. You've been scrolling for a long time. Why don't you go get some food and walk around a little bit and come back later? Right. And or this lady's like, hey, you've you've really been scrolling a long time. Everything okay? You want to you want to take some breaths with me? You want to tell me? (laughs) So and, and so I showed this to Nick. He's like, wow, I've never seen that before. I'm like, you're not an addict like me. And I see this guy every day. <laughs> I talk to him more than you. <laughs> He's my best friend. Steve. But those are official TikTok videos that, wow. that are presented. And, and, and 
That's amazing. good on them, I guess, to to give you a little <laughs> health they can sleep at night, maybe health check. <laughs> That's funny. Well, speaking of all of that, kind of rolled into the lo-fi and the TikTok and the TikTok of it all. I've been noticing something that kind of fascinates me. That is a trend that can now be spanned over almost a hundred years, and it's comedy editing. So, like. When you watch a lot of old comedies, it's very broad and it's very like, I've got my joke. Now I'm mugging to the camera and people right. are applauding and like Jerry Lewis type sure. of like three stewed, <laughs> all of that stuff. Well, then we get to the kind of the 80s and 90s and then it kind of gets MTV and Simpsonized where things are much faster. They're a little more, you know, the pacing is very quick. We yep. don't land on, we don't stay on the joke. We just keep right. moving now. And it's a trend that I love because I think it's hysterical there. We've gone to the point where we're editing in the middle of the punchline, basically. So like, on, oh, right, right, right. on videos of someone falling down the stairs. Yeah. It's just that there's this hilarious one where it's just this, you see a sidewalk and there's a guy just laying on the sidewalk and it's like 10 seconds of that. And then like a guy in a banana costume walks by and slips on him, which is a funny joke, but the way they edited it, it's just, just the beginning as he's going yep. and then it cuts, cuts off, off or there's a scream or a dog making a noise. Yep. And, and it lets your brain fill in what it thinks will be the funniest. Yes, and I rewind it like 500 times to listen to that dog make a funny noise from the window because they cut it off just as it's like a... or whatever. And so it's so funny because we just keep getting... Because we, and that's, I mean, it should be because we all know that it's a, we all, right. we already know. So let's get to the, get to the whatever. And it's so funny. I was re-watching in, in preparations for our... Uh, we had a Halloween party last night. And we're going to go trick or treating with uh, Scarlet tomorrow, oh, and uh, and so I went as Uncle Fester. Yes, and, and so I rewatch. I actually watched a uh, mega clip, uh, a compilation of Uncle Fester oh, clips. You know, from the original fifties, yeah, sixties uh, uh, series. Did you know? So um, Uncle Fester is played by. Um, uh, Coolidge, um, Jackie Coolidge, Calvin Coolidge, thirty-fifth um, president of the United States. He was the child in the movie The Kid with Charlie Chaplin. Okay, yeah. And wow. So, so he was. I I was reading the full story about Jackie, and um, he was the first child actor to sue his parents <sighs> over money embezzlement right. and uh there's and then he like started a whole wing or whatever yeah, yeah. protection totally and so there's i i hold on is it jackie coolidge jackie coogan coogan coogan, coogan coogan uh so there's the coogan laws that are on the books that are for protecting child actors wow. and so there's a coogan fund that has to be established when uh a child actor you know a, as a minor uh, 15% of their income has to be put aside into a trust right. and uh, to protect untouchable, them. And yeah. so that, that's a, a Coogan uh, trust is what that's called and everything. And so he, um, he made like $3 million at that time in the, in the twenties and thirties. Wow. And then, um, his, I mean, that's like a billionaire. Yeah. He, it was like $50 million. For yeah. Today. That's insane. He, um, his father passed away in a tragic car accident and uh, his mom married his financial advisor and they spent all of his money and he got down to pennies and had to go back to Charlie Chaplin and ask him to, yeah, and like, and Charlie gave him a thousand bucks to kind of get him back on his feet. And then, he got back into the industry and everything, but uh, yeah, he, like Gary Coleman too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So many child actors just get hosed by greedy parents. Yeah, them. yikes! Hey, did the president visit? He did. Portland. <laughs> All I know is that we were traffic. we were warned about traffic because that was the weekend of the game expo. So both of us were kind of nervous about getting in and out of yep. the convention center, but. 
other than seeing someone else post a picture of a helicopter, I didn't really hear much about what what it was. So do you know why he was here? Uh, yeah, it was stumping for Tina Kotek. Oh, and, funny. And so... Um, <laughs> Next on Family Feud, it's Brian, then President Biden, <laughs> then Tina Kotek. <laughs> so clearly Tina Kotek is in trouble. Uh, and it's mostly oh, because okay. Betsy... De- not Betsy DeVos. Betsy Johnson... Johnson. Uh, is an independent, and the fear is that she's stealing Democratic votes. That's why I've been seeing other lo-fi commercials about like, hi, I'm a normal guy that was going to vote third party until I realized it was going to destroy our union. I'm voting for Tina. (laughs) Exactly. And so... Uh, wow, President Biden. Oh, I didn't know she was in trouble. I just figured she was a shoo in because she's nope. a, a no, Democrat. it's gonna, it's probably going to the the Republican. Will be which will be the first time a Republican governor uh, in twenty years uh, in Oregon. You know, <laughs> uh, I am forty seven. Four, I'll be forty eight about four months, and so there's not a lot of things that surprise me. What continues to surprise me, and then I am surprised at my own surprise. So it's this biofeedback loop of of being surprised. How how Dr. Oz can be in a tight race, (coughs) or how bad can the Democrats be? Yeah. Yep. Is just. Yeah. Herschel Walker. Astonishing. A tight race right now. Uh, have you heard him talk at all? I have not listened to him speak, but I've heard some of the th- scenes printed some of the things that he has said. But it's I, amazing. Um, it's not so cozy. Let's get back to cozy. So yeah. President Biden, President Biden was here. By. He went to the 31 flavors in Northeast, you know, and stuff. And I, I would have went I to a Baskin Robbins. I would have pre- preferred a more local, uh, you know, go to, to, Nico's ice creamery yeah. or uh, salt and straw even um, is salt and, and straw a national company or is that just they're a... read they're they're wide regional so okay. now they're west coast okay. uh, but they started in Portland as a food cart oh and, okay uh, so they have never had their ice cream uh, yeah. I am not gonna stand them I mean I love ice cream I have it every every night of my life I'm not gonna stand in line for ice cream <laughs> nah. come on uh, yeah they they have uh, all the flavors, including things that you know, you're like really crickets and mealworms in your ice cream, is a real thing. Uh, <laughs> tobacco, tobacco spit, and guava. What? <laughs> I just uh, want vanilla. Yes. No, you can't get that here. Um, so, uh, so he was here. Going, yeah, like screaming down Powell Boulevard. Oh, yeah, I do hear that too. <laughs> and uh, shut down 205 for like an hour, which oh, just wow. devastated yeah, afternoon traffic on me a and Friday. Brian were very surprised because yeah. that n- Friday night is when we had to go and set up everything. Yeah. And yeah, that, was, everything was fine. Over on the oh, side must, of town. Yeah, I guess I must have taken 43 up or something like yeah. that. The Californians. <laughs> <laughs> I took the 43 <laughs> to Lake Oswego. The Laurel. <laughs> Cut up through the 405 to hit the off-ramp right on the 5. That's a genius. genius. It's genius because everybody in Southern California says that. Uh, Um, And... Yeah, so he's here stumbling for Tina Kotrak. Okay, okay. Interesting. But also, we know Tina's in trouble because of that. And um, the lady senator that... um, Financially, uh, she's big, uh, one against all the banks, and uh, she took a million selfies with everybody. And I can't think of her name right now, but Republican Democrat for uh, who? A Democrat, she Democratic senator, she came out. Um, Jamie McLeod Skinner is the only other name I know that and Christine Drazen. Uh, I need to vote this week, I guess. (laughs) And um, uh, Bernie Sanders was here. For Tina oh, Kotek as well. Okay. And so that oh, wow. picture with with uh, Llama with Bernie. Oh, that yeah, was yeah, yeah. because okay. Bernie was in town for Tina Kotek. Okay. And so clearly Tina's gonna lose. Wow. Um I voted for her and I encourage everybody to vote for her. And if we can get the numbers of the quantity of people always 
yeah. goes in favor of Democrats. Yeah. Uh, and um, so get out there and vote, everybody. <laughs> so there you go. Well, Portland's iconic elk statue yeah. <laughs> in need of a $1.3 million makeover. Eyes this spring returned to downtown. I didn't uh, clip that article because the Oregon is going to make me pay for it. So, um, but yeah, that's basically it. it. And it looks like from the concept art, they because they were talking about, well, do we put a, make another pedestal? That that road is such a nightmare to kind of get through Stupid. anyway. What are we going to do with it? And but the 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 concept art did look like it was going to be on some sort of pedestal mm-hmm. of some sort. But Senator Elizabeth Warren who's who I was trying to remember. Oh, um, so oh, oh, she okay. came out for. Uh, oh, oh, well. okay. Okay. Sorry. Oh, wow. Not Bernie Sanders or also Bernie Sanders. Also Bernie Sanders Jeez, and Elizabeth Warren and the president of the United States. Holy Toledo. Clearly Kotex <laughs> in trouble. Wow. So. That's crazy. Um, Don't boo. Vote. <laughs> well, I voted to go to Movie Madness last week to pick up the 30 Movies to Die for uh, VHS tape, which is that the right title now that it from what I watched, it did not fit that. Um, but there's this great VHS tape that Movie Man has put out, and it um, is about a half hour long, and it's just a bunch of old news clips and TV ads for um, Movie Madness throughout their history. And then there's that one a uh, couple years ago on my birthday, we went to see that VHS documentary um, made locally. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and so there's some clips of that because there's Movie Madness talk about it. So it was just this neat little, a neat little thing uh, that Movie Madness put out is a little VHS tape, um, which I wanted to put on my channel, but I don't think I can. Um, do you know much about soccer here in town, Mark? There's a I, lot of hubbub. I don't, but they're doing really well. I, I, yes, I got I, they just alert. won last night, yeah. I believe. And so they're the regional championships. I don't know. It, it, it was. It's, they're doing great. Yeah. So there's an effort to make the Timbers and Thorns fan owned. And there are $7 million pledged. A fan group called Onward Row City is trying to make the Timbers and Thorns supporter owned after controversy surrounding current owner Merritt Paulson after allegations of abuse and sexual misconduct in the conduct in the national women's soccer league around $7 million has been pledged already on their website. The group needs to raise enough money. Uh, and she said in the perfect world, we're talking a hundred percent share and that's coming up with $680 million or more. So we're almost, and so we're 10% or 10% there. And the current owner, Mark Paulson would need to be willing to sell even if they had the money. so Sorry, not 10%, 1%. 1%. Yes, they have $7 million and they need... 700. $700 million. So Perfect. almost there. Um, so many say those two goals will be almost impossible. So <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, I have two longer stories uh, this time, and this is one of them. And I wanted to cut it down because I thought it was going to be more of a... Not a wacky story, but... Um, it kind of just kept getting a little more interesting, and it's about Measure 112, which would remove slavery and voluntary servitude provision in the Oregon Constitution. Um, so uh, the Oregon Constitution prohibits slavery and involuntary servitude unless it is a punishment for a crime. If passed, Measure 112 would remove that exception, so it would just say it is illegal period. There's no formal opposition to the measure, but the state sheriffs had expressed concern that it could halt work programs like those found in correctional facilities, like the one shown here in this 2021 file photo. I forgot to delete that part of that. Section 34 of the Oregon Constitution currently states, quote, there shall be neither slavery nor involuntary servitude in the state, otherwise than a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted. It's that second part that they want to get rid of. But, but eliminating involuntary servitude as a punishment for a crime concerns some, of course, because of our prison mis- mismanagement, <laughs> uh, comple- industrial complex, prisons and other, I like this word, carceral settings, oh, yeah. which is nice, operate off la- uh, the labor of those who are in custody. And in the case of Oregon Department of Corrections, people pay in custody. Uh, so, Mark, without looking for the Oregon Department of Corrections. They pay people in custody as little as blank per blank. Uh, 45 cents an hour. Okay. I don't know what the math is, but is that $8 per month? Ooh. (laughs) 
hold on. <laughs> so let's let's uh, let's take twelve. Sorry, um, eight divided we'll, by thirty. We'll just do eight divided by thirty. Uh, divided by um, twenty-four. Right. Well, well, that's twenty-four hours in a day, right? Right. But they're only working eight hours a day. Okay, so divided okay. by eight. Then. Well, thir- <laughs> sorry. <laughs> four weeks. Four, 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 four weeks in a month. Four weeks is not a dollar amount per whatever. I don't know. It's, it's definitely. There's less no math than and cozy cents. anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as $8 per month. And while state agencies aren't allowed to take positions on the ballot measure, um, the associate of operations of the uh, Oregon Department of Correction testified before lawmakers. Um, and said that running prison systems, he said those running prison systems has concerned. We recognize that compelled prison labor, compelled prison labor is something perceived as modern day slavery. He says, oddly, oddly aware of what he's doing, but the DOC believes that perception is misplaced, at least with respect to the matter in which adults in custody are engaged in prison work. So, uh, he doesn't say how it's different. Work, works out to be about a nickel an hour. Okay. So, yeah, that is... Assuming four weeks in a month. <laughs> oh, boy. So, in 1994, voters passed a constitutional amendment that established work requirements for people in custody. Um, they said that the intent was not to repeal those work requirements, but work in tandem. So, there is no vote no campaign, but, of course, the Sheriff Association uh, opposes it in a statement that said they do not condone or support slavery. Or, and or involuntary servitude in any form. If you're in a position where you have to release that as a statement, perhaps some helpful introspection might might be good. Yet, they argue, the current language could create problems for some local jails. They say the measure only applies to those convicted, not people in custody pre-trial. Right. Because... So we got to put them to work even before they're pre-trial? No, we wouldn't be able to put them to work pre-trial. Yeah, they're arguing that's bad. Of course it's bad. They argue the current language could create problems. They say it only applies to those convicted, not people in custody pre-trial. Oh, so maybe it's to protect them? I I say with a heavy question mark. Hmm. Um, blah, blah, blah. It's so it, yeah, it's an interesting thing to look into how this language affects people and how we're just calling slavery and indigenous servitude. What was the thing we called it? Oh, I, I compelled prison labor. So earlier, earlier this year in Colorado custody, uh, people in custody sued the governor and prison systems, arguing that forcing them to work violates that state's anti-slavery uh, provision. Um, anyway, slavery has always been unconstitutional in Oregon. Um, but the state's original constitution also banned black people from living or working in the state. So I guess there's no slaves to be had. Then there's no uh, slavery to be legal. Mark, tell us about weed coming to Circle K, please. Uh, Circle K in Florida. So the Green Thumb Industries Inc. Inc. Uh, one of the largest U.S. cannabis producers signed a deal with Circle K, the global convenience store chain, to sell licensed marijuana at its Florida gasoline retailers. The partnership will begin next year in 2023. Under the agreement, Green Thumb will lease space from Circle K locations and sell the marijuana. The Green Thumb outposts will be as Rise Express stores and have separate entrance from the gas station because Florida is one of the several states where cannabis can be legally sold only for medical use. Purchases are restricted to Floridians who have medical marijuana cards. Currently that's about 700,000 people. What a weird state to start that in. If it's not right. Fully recreational legal legal there. That's very strange. (sighs) Yeah. Coming to a circle K near you. Um, I this next article isn't like a news article. It's more of an expose story. And it was about the Portland van abductions during Hmm. the 2020 um, uh, Black Lives Matter protests. 
Um, and it's it's from TheVerge.com, um, which I'm sure you can, if you Google Portland van abductions, The Verge, um, you'll come up with that. Uh, just And I haven't finished reading it, but just people were being abducted off the street by secret police. Right. And the Democrats cannot win. <laughs> uh, you know, you, what? you need... You need authority to crack down on the crime todd and what insurrection what crime what what crime are you talking about well the ontario airport which is my childhood airport the visitors can now say goodbye to loved ones at the boarding gate now they're allowing non-ticketed travels to fully enter the airport at the terminal even though T- even through TSA checkpoints, just like they did decades ago, not only can visitors greet or send off loved ones while flying, but the free program allows visitors to shop, dine, and spend leisure time at the airport if they choose. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, officials will allow community access to the terminal and airport services that have largely been unavailable before 9-11. Uh, they have to go through security, the same security pro- protocols, no prohibited liquids, all that stuff. Um, you have to receive a visitor pass, and you can get that through an online application or in person as well. But interesting to be, it was funny, we were just watching Airplane with one of the boys, and to, there's this scene from inside where all the people are just waiting for right. you know, people to get out the plane. and. What a remnant. And I remember growing up at, and using Ontario Airport and hearing, because all of my relatives lived in northern, uh, northwest Washington, and to hear that the Seattle Airport, that you didn't even have to touch the ground until you got to your car, because you get out and you walk through a tunnel that's lifted, because it's raining all the time. In right. in Ontario, it was like you those janky stairs that you climb yourself on the tarmac (laughs) planes landing around you. All right. Why don't you look at, take this next story. Mike Bennett. Portland artist artist Mike Bennett opens an installation space and cafe at St. John's. So local artist and self-described public joy creator. So jealous. Mike Bennett is all over Portland from his slowdown signs to last Halloween's crypto zoo exhibit to this summer's Dinolandia installation. On October 15th, in collaboration with CC Coffee, he opened a new installation space called Wonderwood, which will be home and is now home to rotating art exhibits. Next to it is a permanent cafe called Wonderwood Springs, where guests can drink coffee, tea, and hot chocolate, watch live performances, and be immersed in even more art. Wonderwood's current exhibit is called The Scourge of Castle Maplehold, and it's full of hand-painted figures, uh, including a rat king and a tree wizard. It'll be on display through the end of 2022 with a new exhibit to follow in the spring of 2023. It's open Tuesday through Sunday, 11 to 7, with a suggested donation of $8, and he's been making quite a bit of... uh, uh, presentation out to social media come on out uh it's out in st john's and uh there aren't big lines or anything a lot of things that you go to see mike bennett have more lines and there's okay so plenty of space go out this there is another see. thing brian i t- brian and i had, had like four date nights in a I row the, uh, after we set up <laughs> after we set up on friday night we went over there he was having a, like a little family what we thought was just going to be like an intimate family and friends and we get there huge line huge line it was but the, there we went to the little coffee shop next door and it have you gone to this yet? Not yet. it is amazing like every every, every square, square, inch. square inch is covered and like behind the bar there's like i would say several hundred little just magnifying glass a typewriter like all these little individual cutouts Ever on the ceiling, on the floor, in the bathroom, like it's every. I can't believe he did this all in two months. And then we walked over to it's an old. I think it was an old bank building. And the thing is, you walk in and you're transported back to Capsule Maplehold or whatever it's called. And it's like kind of like a not a Mario Land, but that kind of thing. And you kind of weave through. Um, this little story about going to find the castle. Then you find the castle. Then you have to go through the gates. And then you see the throne. And like this little thing that you walk through. And there is so much stuff in there too. It's not just like a painted backdrop with 
like a cow. It's like all this little stuff and all these little plants and all this little this and so much detail. It was so cool. Um, and so, yeah, I got to got to see Mike that night and I was very excited because I hadn't seen Mike since before the pandemic. Oh, wow. And my plan to become his best friend before he became famous was foiled because then he became totally. famous during the pandemic and I never saw him. Um, but when I showed up uh, with Ryan, of course, I was expecting to kind of reintroduce myself. I wasn't expecting him to. We should have him on the show at some point or whatever. Yeah. Um, but he's like, oh, hey, Todd. And, and so I was like, oh, nice. You remember our name. But then he like mentioned something VHS related. I'm like, and he knows a personal fact about me. <laughs> so I was very excited. <laughs> he's the nicest guy. But he is so great. Public joy creator. He is. There's someone down your street here that has his little pumpkins. There's yep. like one scared pumpkin and another like goofy one. We have three pieces of his art up on our wall. Yes, there's and the, oh, there's the one thing I'm looking right, right behind here. you is the little cow. I would give anything to be able to doodle and draw it's like a that. Hoax. Well, I don't have my glasses on either. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it looks like a white blob that is black and white. And it's too big for a dog. Totally. Um, uh, this, this, I didn't have to. I didn't have to cut down this next article at all. This was. This is exactly as it came from K two. So why don't you take that Willamette Week snare? Oh, well, I'm, according to Willamette Week, mayor to ban unsanctioned camping. Yeah, he announced this a couple weeks ago and uh, taking feedback from the community now. Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler is preparing. Who is not at Candidates Gone Wild. He was not. He's <laughs> in uh, a bomb shelter somewhere. <laughs> preparing to make a major move on homeless camping. So um, in an effort to ban sanctioned the plan reportedly includes building three sanctioned camps it could house up to 500 people each. Um, <clears throat> so where would those be? So there's there's three proposed campuses. I don't know where where they are, um, but each one would have security and all the, all the things, and and have uh, places for tents and uh, shelters, and um, and following that would be you can't camp on the sidewalk and uh it's basically uh in preparation for the midterms <sighs> and uh, a response to a uh, lawsuit that the city received uh because of ada access there's uh you, uh, know, you can't use the sidewalks. use the sidewalks and so uh the city was sued over its support of camping on the sidewalks which God, someone finally did something i know uh, and so it's it's a serious problem. Jeez, it's almost like you have jobs that don't pay living wages. You can't afford a place to live. Something very sad, and I, um, I don't know how many people this this won't be meaningful to at all. You clearly are confused. Uh, Mike Shank, who is the unlikely star of American Movie. Uh, died at 56 American movie was that documentary that came out in the late 90s early 2000s or something yeah. like that about those two guys from Wisconsin or whatever they were and they were going to make their movie Colvin and it just shows them putting this little tiny movie together just charming and he Mike Shank is kind of the sidekick and the kind of a guy that was a little slower and but just as nice and just a wonderful kind of guy and um he passed away um I forget what it was from, um, uh, some sort of health ailment or something like that that came out of the blue. But yeah, if, if you haven't seen the movie American movie, the documentary American movie, it is wonderful and just, just I highly recommend it, especially if you like movies about small towns coming together and and making an art project and making of movies and stuff like that. But definitely, definitely seek that out. Um, that was like esophageal cancer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bummer. Yeah. All right. Well, let's rocket through some more of these here. Uh, Alex Jones is ordered to pay almost a billion dollars for his Sandy Hook lies, which is nice. Albertsons is merging with Kroger, and it sounds like there yep. is some controversy involved in that still kind of unfolding. Um, it, it was something about how Albertsons bought... Where'd it go? Albertsons bought Safeway or Safeway bought Albertsons and then turned some of them into the other ones in order to be able to mer like it's this whole whatever back back backdoor backdoor nonsense. Uh, but 
I heard this courtesy Fun Employment Radio several weeks ago when I flagged this story. A new study reveals the reasons why some people are mosquito magnets. Are you a mosquito magnet, Mark? I am. I am as well. In this three-year study, they discovered that mosquitoes are attracted to a certain scent produced in some people's skins. And for some reason, a scent, said Mother Julia Peralta. I've heard of blood type, but scent makes sense also. We don't know who Julia Peralta, other than said mother, Julia Peralta, she never shows up again. She was not involved in the study. <laughs> she has no role to play in any of this, but they felt the need to quote her and not a scientist. Ascent. Ascent. Well, I heard a blood type, but scent makes sense also. Anyway, in the study, participants wore nylons on their arm to coat the scent, but no matter what odors were added to try and distract the mosquitoes, the pest continued to return to the same scent. They used different chemical analysis techniques and discovered that the mosquito magnets had elevated levels of 50 molecular compounds in the moisturizing barrier of their skin. Hmm. The subjects attracting most pests had high levels of carbolic acids. These acids help produce our unique human body odors when the substance interacted with interact with our body's bacteria, says the world's most gross sentence about our <laughs> disgusting human bodies. <laughs> those that get oh, to continue, uh, the, those that give off the specifics that make people a hundred more times times more attracted to mosquitoes. Researchers said that the acid smells like stinky feet and cheese. All been there. But, but it's not clear if humans can detect the scent too. Uh, said that hopeful kid in junior high who smells like <laughs> stinky feet and cheese. Scientists hope they can isolate the stinky stench to make products to prevent the mosquito magnets from being bitten again. Uh, we are almost there, Mark. We're almost to the end of our list. Indeed. And I will read this next one because it's all so long and it kept taking like that other one, kind of some interesting turns. It is scientists grow human brain cells in rats to study diseases. They have transplanted human brain cells into the brains of baby rats where the cells grew and formed connections as part of an effort to better study human brain development and diseases affected by this most complex of organs which makes us who we are but has been long since shrouded in mystery says this scripts to a 1950s documentary film uh, many disorders such as autism and schizophrenia are likely uniquely human but the human brain certainly has not been very accessible says the doctor Approaches that haven't involved taking tissue out of the human brain are promising avenues in trying to tackle these conditions. The research builds upon the team's previous work creating brain organoids, which are tiny structures resembling human organs that have also been made to represent others, such as livers, kidneys, prostates, or key parts of them. So organoids, the tiny structures resembling human organs that are then placed into... Human skin cells, wait, to make the brain organoids, scientists transformed human skin cells into stem cells and then coaxed them to become several types of brain cells. I mean, hmm. what? Transformed human skin cells into stem cells and then coaxed them. <laughs> It's like offering a treat to a dog to get them to roll over, <laughs> coax them to become several types of brain cells. Those cells then multiplied from organoids resembling the cerebral cortex, the human brain's outermost layer, which plays a key role in things like memory, thinking, learning, reasoning, and emotions. Scientists transplanted those organoids into rat pups, two to three days old. Those organoids grew so that eventually they occupied a third of the hemisphere of the rat's brain where they were implanted. Neurons from the organoids formed working connections with the circuits of the brains. Uh, this goes on. Human neurons have been transplanted in rodents before, but this is the first time these organoids have been placed in early rat brains, creating, quote, the most advanced human brain circuitry ever built from human skin cells and a demonstration that implanted human neurons can influence an animal's behavior. Said this screaming scientist in front of a, a thunder and lightning storm in his laboratory. Uh, to examine a practical use of this approach, scientists transplanted the organoids in both sides of the rat's brain, one generating from a healthy person's cells and the other from a cell from a person with Timothy syndrome. 
a rare genetic condition associated with heart problems and autism spectrum disorder. Five to six months later, they saw the effects of the disease related to the activity of the neurons. There were differences in the two sizes electrical activity and the neurons from the person with Timothy syndrome were much smaller and didn't sprout as many extensions that pick up input from nearby neurons. Um, this is funded by the National Institute of Health. So basically, they want to study things that we can't really study because they're in our brains, and to study them would mean our brains would no longer be functioning. Hmm. Um, Dr. Flora Vaccarino of Yale University, who previously grew lumps containing cerebral cortex that were made with DNA from people with autism. It's on our business card. (laughs) It's like that. Oh, I probably shouldn't say. We know a person... Uh, or I know a person who uh, was in a hiring process uh, and going through uh, applications and one was just a full on, I tortured people for the U.S. military or whatever. And this is the amount of people that I did just oh, like on their application for a non-military position at just like a regular <laughs> job. Okay. Lead with your strengths. <laughs> yes. And um, that's why I want to be a project manager. <laughs> like, all right. I get it. That guy is in the HR department. Um, anyway, they, they don't want to try in primates. And ethicists also wonder about the possibility of brain organoids in the future attaining something like human consciousness, which they say is extremely unlikely now. Um Blah blah blah, but I mean, what a fascinating series of sentences that article That's kept crazy serving up. Um, tell us about the grenades. Cool. Yeah, let me uh, wrap up these last two. Uh, police warn in an explosive report. Police warn Oregon beach goers about grenades washing mm-hmm. ashore. Uh, the police department in the city of Newport said three separate grenades have somehow washed up onto the <laughs> beach there a day earlier. The grenades were white in color and cylindrical in shape. The the phrase warning explosive (laughs) was written on them in large red letters. They're used primarily to train soldiers because they simulate battlefield noise and effects. It's just an Uh, explosion, I would imagine. (laughs) According to a company that provides these specific devices to the U.S. Army, it sparks what the company describes as a simulated explosion with... Within six to 12 seconds of being deployed, it was not immediately clear where the grenades found in Newport came from. So, yeah, I'm intrigued by grenades that still must be exploding somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Simulating explosions without without doing it. Do you know what the name of the orange dust that you get from Cheetos is called? I don't. It's called Cheetle. Uh, the official name uh, is Cheetle. And uh, do you know uh, that there's a town in Canada called Cheadle, Canada? there's a Don Cheadle who should have been there. There's a Don Cheadle who uh, cut cut the inaugural (laughs) ribbon for these. This Canadian community just unveiled a statue dedicated to Cheeto dust. So the bright that statue orange, is so amazing. I know. I I just found the picture of it. Yeah. Uh, because oh, the good. original I tried article to, didn't have it. And so no, I and I tried tried to post it in there. The bright orange sticky residue that Cheetos leave on your fingertips has now been immortalized by a 17 foot statue in Alberta, Canada. The Cheetos brand erected the statue of a hand holding a massive Cheeto, complete with orange fingertips, in Cheetle, Alberta. Canada. The community was chosen because of its name, similar to Cheetle with a T, the company's official name for Cheeto dust. Cheetos. Well, we're in a post-capitalist nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> Although the statue is amazing, is the the um like the tips of three fingers yep. holding a and the fingers are gray and then holding a giant orange Cheeto, of course, but then the tips of the fingers also are bright orange. So right. I love that it's gray, gray against that bright orange. I mean, it's so great, it's but I can't believe I not until I read the article last night when I was cutting it down, did I realize that this is just all a PR campaign of course. from Cheetos. And here we are. Uh, yeah. So, so they, they named the, the town of Cheetle only has 83 <laughs> residents since uh 2021 
I think they're going to be taking they, uh, taking taking the Cheetle dusted fingertips on the road. I think it was also <laughs> part of the story at some point. But. Uh, crazy. Ha! Huh, we made it. Yay! We made our cut. Did, I didn't even ask if you had prepared a, a topic. No, okay. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, but that up. was that was not. Yeah, there was a lot to catch up on. It has it has been a while. Uh, looking back at my list of things I had noted noted to talk about. So we are in fall, and I am. It's that point where I'm just has to resolve myself that I'm going to be freezing cold until next July, <laughs> like I usually am. But I recently got a. Um, I have a weighted blanket on my bed. Yeah. that I've loved. And I got another one that um, the one I use on my bed was meant for a throw blanket. Right. Um, but they're, uh, and, but I just used it on my bed. The one for the bed is too much for the bed. So what I did is put it on my bit, my big green chair. And so I'm sandwiched now in between an electric blanket uh. and then the weighted blanket on top of that, which I've had to double <laughs> over to fit on the couch. So it's like, I'm under, you know, 65 pounds. They of, are so heavy and crazy. And just squished yeah. in there with a the heat. So I'm hoping that that's going to be able to keep me warm uh, all winter because I'm always free. I'm like soaking my feet in hot water and I just can't get that chill out of me. And it's nice because it makes me, I do the Dutch thing of prutzing around, which is just every 10 or 15 minutes I have to stand up and just walk around and maybe like put one thing away and then come sit down again just to get that extra energy. It's called prutzing. You're not really doing anything. You're just sort of whatever. Fiddling. I put that one fork back in the whatever. <laughs> but it makes it very difficult to prutz to get out from under that blanket. For sure. And then I, I texted you that I thought my knees were you breaking because <laughs> it's like so much pressure <laughs> on the top of my knees. That's incredible. But yes, I am excited and it's bath season again. So I'm going to be firing up that, firing up that bath. Fall fell so fast. Like it, it, really, it went from like nice alliteration. 80 to in one day to 80 to 40. <laughs> and, uh, and it's just stayed that way. And so it's crazy. And yeah. I'm pissed because it's for the first time in my life, I've been growing tomatoes and I got the plant back in March and it bloomed all summer and only started producing fruit like at the beginning of September. And now I've got all these like huge, wonderful tomatoes that are never going to ripen because now it's 40 degrees outside. And it's winter. All that tender, yeah. loving care I put into that plant. Awesome. <laughs> I think I need a bath. All right. Um, what should we take us out with? Um, let's see here. Ooh. Let's take us out with, well, no. Awkward silence of us typing? Yes. Okay, here we go. Let me get a little closer then. We'll talk to you guys later. (laughs) Bye.